Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. This morning, I want to talk about the word that the Lord has given us for 2022. We introduced this word at the first of the year. We spent a few weeks preaching on it and talking about it. But I believe that God has an assignment for us to grow in holy in holy desire. God wants to capture our hearts. And I'm going to be sharing with you some things today. And my prayer is not that you'll hear some words, but I'm praying that there will be an impartation for us today. So would you join me in the spirit of prayer as I pray for us this morning? Lord, here's our declaration. We want to declare and testify that you have given us a holy desire to know you and to love you more and more and more. And we testify today that we are hungry, desperate, and longing. And so, Lord, as we spend time with you today, as we gaze on you and listen to your word, I pray, O oh God, that you will set our hearts on fire. I pray, O oh God, that you'll set us on fire with holy desire for you. Lord, I pray that you would grant to us an unquenchable, holy hunger for you, the living God. And we pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy desire. Back in the fall when I was praying about what God would have for us this year, he'd given me this impression, he'd given me this word, and it just, it just gripped me. It began to capture my heart and began to capture what I thought. And according to Psalm 27, 4, we are a people who desire one thing. David was a man after God's own heart. Obviously, David messed up a lot. David had some real broken areas. But I want you to know that all God has to work with are broken people. Amen. And so we offer to God our hearts, and, and David was a young man out in, the, out in the desert. He was taking care of the sheep in the wilderness, and, and he was nurturing a desire. He was nurturing a focus. He was nurturing a singularity of his life that would carry him forward, even in the midst of his brokenness and all the things that he needed help with. He had, he had this passion, this one thing I desire, Psalm 27, 4. And we declare according to Psalm 84, 2, that our hearts and our flesh cry out for the living God. So we want to be a people who have a desire. We want to be a people who recognize that our heart, our flesh, our very being cry out for the presence of the living God. Actually, if you don't recognize that your hunger is for God, you're going to fill it with the wrong things. Amen? We look in the wrong places for what we need and what we desire, but if we'll acknowledge, hey, that angst in me today is not judgment. That angst in me and that longing today is not saying I'm empty and I'm broken. That's actually a gift from God. Hunger is a gift from God that he gives to us so that we might be perpetually pursuing this living God. And then according to Matthew 3.11, which is actually our tagline, holy desire we want God to baptize us with fire. What kind of fire? The fire of the Lord Jesus Christ. John the Baptist prophesied that when Jesus came, he would baptize his people with two things. He would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want you to know 
we're praying holy desire and we're asking God to release fresh fire, we're also asking for an impartation of the Holy Spirit. We want more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the power of God and that is available to us in Jesus Christ. But we also want the fire of this man, Christ Jesus, our Lord. As a matter of fact, his eyes are aflame with fire, not the fire of judgment, not the fire of anger, but Revelation chapter one, he is a man on fire and his eyes burn with fire for his bride, for us, his people. I tell you what, it is really hard to be a follower of Jesus and to be bored because he's on fire. He, the Bible says zeal for his father's house consumes him. So Jesus is a man of fire. He's a man of jealousy and zealousness. And oh, Calvary, I want us to be like that. I tell you, we don't need more people that are duds, right? This morning, if you're a dud, I need you to wake up. <laughs> fresh fire, fresh fire. Oh, what is holy desire? Holy desire is that longing, that desire which God gives us to draw near to him and to draw near to his purposes. And one of the primary focuses of holy desire is actually intimacy for God. The reason that God gives us a desire, a burning passion for him is so we can experience intimacy. Intimacy is one of the prime parts of our vision at Calvary. God wants to establish us in intimacy with God. Intimacy with him. We want to people who can see God and can, can become aware of who he is and who he wants to be in us. And as we consider what the Lord is looking for, again, Augustine said, the entire life of a good Christian is nothing less than holy desire. And so I pray God will fill us with fire, fill us with desire, fill us with a fiery, passionate love for him. So here's what I know. I believe that God gave us this word, holy desire, baptize us with fire. God gave that to us for this year. I know that the Lord is speaking, that the Lord is leading, and the Lord is guiding us. I know that the Lord is actually revealing his heart to us, for us. And I'm still trying to wrap my head and my heart around holy desire. I don't think I've arrived. I want to know more. I want to grow in my capacity, and I want to invite you to do that. So, let me share with you what God has been stirring up in me recently regarding holy desire, some of, the, some of the ways he's fueling this fire in me. And back in February, God began to put some pieces together for me that actually are helping me to grow in this word for the year, this, 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 this word of fire. Oh God, give us holy desire. So, we have, uh, on the first and third Thursdays of the month, we have the Minister's Prayer Network. As you know, you remember Apostle Mosi Madaba and Gloria from Nigeria. They're a part of this movement that he started in the earth called the Minister's Prayer Network, and they're involved in more than 72 nations. And uh, a part of what we do in, here in America is we twice a month get together to stir up prayers for our nation and for the nations of the earth, what the Lord is doing. And that happens by Zoom on the first and third Thursdays of the month. 
and so uh, as I was uh, getting ready to facilitate the prayer meeting on February the 3rd, I felt like the Lord wanted us to pray into this holy desire, into this word. And by the way, my notes are online, and, and what this is today, this is actually a gift to you. I want to give you a grace so that you can have a resource for prayer, a resource for, for stirring up, for fueling, for fostering the fire, the holy desire that God wants us to have for him. So I'm giving that to you as a gift. And I want you to have that. I want you to take that. And I'm going to list for you some of the ways that we prayed at that prayer meeting because God put some things together that evening and then the next day and then a couple of weeks later at our Monday prayer time. And it actually, I needed God to do that so that I could get my heart and my head more around what it means to be a person, a church, a people of holy desire. So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at several verses together. Again, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matthew 3, verse 11. If you're going to pray into this prayer for holy desire, this is a great place to start. I baptize you with water for repentance, John the Baptist said. But after me, one will come who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not even fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So how can we pray? Let's pray clearly. Lord, would you baptize us? Would you immerse us in your Spirit's power? And would you baptize us with your fiery zeal and passion? So baptize, you just think about getting dunked, getting just submerged, getting drenched in what the Lord wants. Then turn to John 17. John 17, verse 20. If you're going to pray into holy desire, this is a great place to pray and to partner with the Lord in the place of prayer. John chapter 17, verse 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. And I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The great prayer from verse 26 is to say, Father, would you help me to love Jesus Christ, your son, the way that you love him? What a great prayer. So we're praying, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, baptize us with your Holy Spirit and your fire. Lord, help me to love your son like you love him. By the way, this prayer of Jesus is going to be fulfilled in its totality. When you talk about us coming to a level of oneness and unity, that is going to shock the world when you think about, what are there, 32,000 denominations in the world right now? 
Christians split, and right now the church has never been as divided as it's divided. Current congregations are divided economically, politically, socially. There's all these divisions. In some ways, we're more divided than we've ever been, and there's a part of us that just says, this is not possible. I want you to know, with with God, all things are possible. With our Lord, he said, this is what I'm going to do. So even if your experience falls short of what God says, let's pray for it, amen? And if you don't have prayer, uh, faith for praying for unity and, and for total, I mean, that the, when we become one, it's gonna so stun the world, they're gonna say Jesus must be God. Because only Jesus could bring those people together. But if you don't have faith for that right now, would you at least have faith to pray Verse 26, Lord, would you help me to love Jesus like you love him, Father? Then Psalm 27, 4. One thing I've asked of the Lord, Psalm 27, 4. This is what I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. In our second uh, sermon in this series, Joshua preached a profound message from this passage, and he said, to dwell is to pray, Lord, help me to be aware of your nearness at all times. There is nowhere where God is not at work. That's a double negative. So if you chop that sentence up, in the positive it is, God is at work all the time, everywhere. Our job is to pay attention, is to become aware. So, Lord, help me to dwell. Help me to to have this awareness that you are with me, your nearness and your presence at all times. Now, we're not always perfect in that awareness, but shouldn't that be our goal? Is where I can be aware of the Lord. To gaze. That's the second part of that verse, to gaze. Lord, let me see and become preoccupied with your character, your beauty, and your nature. So we want to be a people who dwell. We're aware of his presence. We want to be a people who gaze, who who literally behold who he is. We want a preoccupation to be his beauty, his character, his nature, and then to inquire. As the Lord speaks to us, we want to be a people who, who respond to him in the place of prayer and worship. So, Lord, speak to me in the place of prayer. Speak to me in the place of worship. Lord, help me to be a person who inquires of you. So those are three verses to help us to grow in our capacity, to grow in this understanding of holy desire. Fourth, turn to Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. Again, Joshua shared this passage with us. Jay Kelly helped us to pray into it. It says, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and who is to come. In our prayer times, Jay Kelly is one of the people that just voices our prayer. And it's just, my spirit's going, yes, yes, yes with Jay as he prays, and he said, light your fire in us and empower us to love you, to see what the creatures around your throne see in the name of Jesus. So Joshua described, I think even this last Sunday, he described these creatures that have eyes 
eyes are everywhere on these creatures and they're always getting new revelation, new awareness. Some people think, I mean, when I was growing up, I thought heaven was gonna be boring. I mean, I was taught culturally that we were gonna be up on a cloud and we were gonna be just singing in the Lord's presence and we were just gonna be hanging around. And I gotta admit, as a young person, that just sounded boring to me. But the more that you read the scriptures and the more you set aside what culture tells you about eternity, we're gonna rule and reign with our God forever on the earth with him. We're gonna be a part of what he's doing in the heavens above, on the earth beneath. And I love space exploration. I'm gonna get to do that one day. I'm gonna get to go through the universe and see the beauty and the majesty and rule and reign with the Lord. It's gonna be anything but boring. As a matter of fact, our God is so amazing that he created these creatures who just are before him all the time and they're just going, wow, wow, wow. So they're saying holy, 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 but that's my, that's my wow. Wow, they get a new revelation just constantly. Listen, how do you get bored in the presence of someone that is so far beyond us that for all of eternity, in addition to the things that we're doing in ruling and reigning with him and serving him in the place of worship, like I mean, some people come to worship in our churches today and they just stand there or they sit there and, and, and the excuse is, well, I don't have a voice or the music is boring or I'm not really interested. Listen, Go back to what we said from Psalm 27, 4. Let's be a people who are aware that his presence is with us. And may we be a people who gaze upon him. You can gaze on him in the middle of a boring committee meeting. It is possible. Right? Oh, that God would give us just a little revelation. Just a little. Give us some eyes to see you, Lord, for who you are. 40 years, our church has been on its move in its partnership with the Lord for 39 years. We're celebrating 40 years. Do you know what a miracle that is? The places we've been through, the things, the places we've been to, the things we've been through, the things that we've seen and we've done together. It, and, and the Bible says the glory of the latter house is gonna be greater than the former. We've not seen our best days They're coming. We're not looking for the good old days. We're looking for the good days of the Lord. Jay said, may 2022 be the year in Calvary for holy desire. Realign us with one holy desire. Baptize us with burning passion for wholehearted holy desire that seeks you, Lord, above all else. We want to know you. We want to encounter you. We pray that a fire will keep coming and coming and coming and coming upon us throughout the year. What a great prayer. From Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. And then the chorus, Joshua and the team began to sing, give us burning hearts for those burning eyes of fire. Give us burning hearts for those burning eyes of fire. Give us desire. Psalm 84 Psalm 84, one to two. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord God Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. What are they crying out? They're saying, we've got to have more of you. More of you, more. Listen, we need to be a people who just go around going more, 
more, more. We want more. I, I pray that you'll not be satisfied. I don't want to be satisfied. I want a holy dissatisfaction. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're dissatisfied, a lot of times you're grumpy and angry. And, and if you've been around people that have blood sugar problems and they don't eat, they get hangry. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people that they've tasted and they go, whoa, that is a chocolate cake. I must have more. One piece or Lay's potato chips, right? You can't just have one, right? You got to have more. I pray that we'll have that kind of desire. So God touches us. Is that going to spoil us? Is that going to quench our thirst? Is that going to satiate us? And we're going to go, are you kidding me? I've got to have more. I've got to have more. And it's a good, it's a good desire. Amen? We're desperate. We're hungry for the living God. Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Seek ye first. We want to be a people who seek the rule of God and the character of the king. And we want to be a people of his kingdom. And so, Lord, we want your rule. We want your rule. And a lot of times, like right now, there's just a, there's a challenge in our culture. Self wants to rule and be on the throne. And that happens in our individual lives. That happens in our nation's. I want you to know we need the righteous rule of King Jesus right now because this world's messed up. My life is messed up. And so following Jesus is it about acknowledging there really is a good king. There's a glorious king, and we need him. And so we invite him to be the king of our individual lives. We invite him to be the king of our church family. We invite him to be the king of our city and our nation. There's a transference there of who's in charge. We need our king to come and rule. And so we want his life, his character. He, we want his affections. We want his, his attitudes. We want to align with him in his, in his actions. And so seek first the kingdom of God. And then in John 15, 5, John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So our prayer is, Lord, we want to abide in you and to experientially remain attached to you. That word abide is not just going through spiritual practices and checking them off the list. It's actually having an encounter. It's having a dwelling. It's having an experience. The word abide is an experiential word, that word remain. And we want the life-giving presence of God to course through our veins like sap from the vine courses through the branches. So that's a picture that Jesus has given us. So those are just some verses. I've given you that as a resource in my notes. I want us, Calvary, to grow in holy desire. I want us to burn I want us to be on fire for God. I want, I want our lives to be so on fire that when people get around us, they catch fire. And that they're, they're energized by our love for the Lord. Then, again, we're praying. So we turn this into a prayer. We're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and for the fiery love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're praying that way, we're praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 
Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he says, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied. God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, and your old men, they're going to see visions, and your young men are going to dream dreams. And he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we're praying that God will do this, and don't contain it just to my life or just to our life as a church family. God, would you do this for every believer, every church in greater Houston and beyond? Our desire, and declare that the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, but of power in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 10. We declare, the Lord says my kingdom is not just words. But God backs up his words with the Spirit's presence and power. And then we ask the Lord to back up our prayers with signs, wonders, and miracles. When you think about what the disciples went through in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, the persecution, and uh, they were beaten and they were suffering because they were sharing the good news of Jesus and living in this new way. It was actually a way of life that was so profound, and they knew that it was the way of Jesus So the first followers of Jesus were actually called followers of the way. They aligned in action, affection, and attention with the way of the Lord Jesus. They were so enamored by that 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 they were persecuted. So they come back and they're recognizing the rage of leadership in Pontius Pilate and in Herod, King Herod. They're recognizing that this is a microcosm just a a glimpse of Psalm chapter 2, and they ask the Lord, they say in the midst of this kind of rage, in the midst of this kind of broken culture, Lord, would you give us more boldness? And would you back up our prayers with signs, wonders, and miracles to the glory of Jesus? God so loved that prayer that he actually sent the Holy Spirit again and shook the place where they were meeting, verse 30 and 31 talk about, talks about. In other words, God endorsed that prayer. Calvary, a lot of times we're praying, God, get me out of the mess that I'm in. Get me out of this workplace. Get me out of this school. Get me out of this marriage. Get me out of this circumstance. The disciples, in the midst of the circumstance they found themselves in, said, Lord, what we really need is more more courage, courage, more boldness. What we really need is more of a grace to share in a loving and passionate way. That's our part. And Lord, your part, would you please, as we pray for the people in our school, in our workplace, our neighborhood, as we pray for the people in our community and the world, would you back up our prayers with signs, wonders and miracles to the glory of Christ Jesus. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 1 verse 5, I've been praying this for years. This passage just lit my heart one day. And Paul said, I didn't come to you just with words, but I came with the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. I want you to know before I get up and I minister, I share, or I lead a prayer time, that's just one of my regular prayers. Lord, would you back up my words? You do need words, by the way. Did you know even when Jesus ministered, like one day his father speaks from heaven, 
And, and the people around him were going, well, it sounded like an angel. It might have been God. It, it might have been thunder. They had no idea what the sound was. And he said, this is the Father's voice for your benefit. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit gets poured out. And people assume they, they've got rushing wind. They've got a manifestation of people speaking in a language. And people, actually, there was a miracle on the receiving end. They were actually hearing what was being said in their own native tongue. So there were a miracle of languages spoken, a miracle of languages being heard. And they go, these people are drunk. You have to have words, right, to say, hey, no, this is that. So we need words. Like today, we're talking words. But more than that, I'm asking God to come with the power of the Holy Spirit and energize in us a fresh fire. So God, come with your power. We need the power of God. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we need the pinpoint accuracy of the words of Jesus. When Jesus speaks to you, it ministers to you and moves you. Amen? Amen. So we prayed that way. And as we're praying... In our minister's prayer network meeting online, we're praying. Uh, Apostle Bruno Remy, who's a part of our team, began to pray, and we've been praying into holy desire. That's why these, we did these prayer points. We're praying for holy desire, and he begins to pray for our longing, and he begins to pray about holy hunger. And so I'm going, oh, Apostle Bruno, we're talking about holy desire, and but I love that phrase, holy hunger. He used that phrase as interchangeable with holy desire. And I think he was onto something. And so I began to meditate. So I'm trying to wrap my head around, my heart around, what does it mean to have holy desire? And so the title of the message today is holy desire slash holy hunger. They're interchangeable. So that was on the 3rd of February. On the 4th of February, I got this email from a group that I followed called Renovari, which is helping to foster awakening and spiritual practices. Richard Foster was the founder of that. If that strikes a bell with you, you know him. I got this email, and it was entitled Holy Hunger. So here I am. I'm at this prayer meeting. I've been asking God to help us to wrap our hearts and our heads around what does this holy desire look like and mean. And then Apostle Bruno Remy prays, God, we bless this holy hunger. We want holy hunger. And then I get an email entitled Holy Hunger. So I read the email, right? And listen to this part. We did not have one thing. We did have one thing in common, which was hunger. Every person showed and spoke of a longing for more depth, for more life, for more con connection with others, more clarity. And all we had was this hunch that this hunger could only be met by Jesus and his friends. One area where Chris and Ted are alike and what ties together you and I and every person reading this newsletter is the same thing that Ted found at his first institute retreat. A holy hunger to know Jesus, and to have a heart that looks like his. A holy hunger to know Jesus and to have a heart that looks like his. Man, I was encouraged by these two confirming words. I was stirred. I wrote this down because I wanted to share with you. Let's get our hearts, let's get our lives, let's get our lives wrapped around this word. May we have holy desire. 
May we have holy hunger for the Lord Jesus and to be like him. So our declaration to the Lord our God together as a church family is, Lord, we want to declare and testify that we have a holy desire to know you and to love you more and more and more. And we are hungry, we are desperate, and we are longing. And then, a couple of weeks later on Monday night, an intercession, we had a powerful encounter with the Lord. Um, prayer, I could say almost every prayer meeting is a powerful encounter with the Lord. Because it's just, it's amazing how God strings together prayers and worship and choruses and whether it's at any of our prayer meetings or you have the same experience when you pray with others, right? When you're praying as a, as a twosome or as you're praying as a group, whatever it is, prayer's important. We were meant to make a journey together, right? So our vision is establishing people in intimacy with God and expressing true Christian community. We wanna be a people who are connecting. We weren't meant to do this as isolated individuals. We do this together. So I bless your individual prayers. I bless your prayer closet. I bless the fact that you can take these awesome notes and you can pray through them and something will get stirred in you, amen? But do it together with somebody else. You know, Sharon Williams and a group of people started back during the COVID thing in 2020, and they're still on the phone. Not right now, they're at service. But they're on the phone talking weekly, praying together and sharing together, amen? It just, it helps me. I've been involved in corporate prayer since early 1980s, and the, the, I'll be honest, one of the reasons that kept me in prayer is accountability. I didn't want to let others down. Pastor Steve and I started, he said, hey, let's get together and pray twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And so I didn't want to let him down. And then I'm coming to the early morning on Thursday mornings to pray. We started an early morning group in the mid-90s. We've been praying uh, every week since then. Every week we've been praying and you know, some mornings it was really hard to get out of bed. But I thought, I don't wanna let whoever it was down, Jay or Bob or whoever. Sometimes we were just meeting just two of us together. And so if I didn't show up, it wasn't a prayer gathering, right? It was just an individual prayer time. Oh, Calvary. Oh, Calvary, I'm so grateful for prayer. And so that night we began to pray and we began to cry out to the Lord and the theme that Jay gave us with, was, again, this holy desire. And the worship says, I just want a heart that's fully in love with you. It's what you wanted in the garden. It's what you wanted on the mountain. It's what you wanted on the cross beam, a heart that is fully in love. Isn't that a great chorus? Joshua just has anointing to make things up. And it's really anointed as God gives him those impressions. And Wendy and others and Esther and that, the prophetic, like this morning, it was amazing as, as we're singing, God is speaking to us prophetically, and then he begins to speak through prophetic song. And so Jay had us pray from John 17, uh, 20 to 26, and we cried out, we want a heart that's fully in love with you. We want hearts that burn with your love. We want hearts that flow in a love so that many waters can't quench love. We want hearts that love with the heart of the Trinity, the love that flows from among the Godhead. Is that not a is that not a request? God, what you're experiencing in your undefiled love, your unquenchable love for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let, let us get in on that. Amen? 
And we go, God doesn't let humans get in on that. Psalm 110. Read Psalm 110 with this thought. David's just spending time with God. I assume one morning, maybe it was at lunch, maybe it was at dinner, and he actually hears a conversation between the father and the son from history. He hears a conversation, the Lord said to my Lord. You know what it would be like to be in your prayer closet? And then all of a sudden, you get to hear the Father and the Son talking together. The Spirit opens up that veil. So when we're praying things like this, Lord, help us to love you like you love. We want to get in on what the Godhead is experiencing. God actually says, you're you're actually asking too little. I've already done things like that. I want you to have more. Isn't that good stuff? God. Philomena got up and prayed and prayed for us to have a double portion anointing like Elisha. She prayed that we would be fiery in our fellowship and fellowship of the Lord, unstoppable, unquenchable, and unyielding. Isn't that a great picture? And we prayed from Psalm 84.1 and Psalm 27.4. And we prayed for God to give us a holy hunger and desire. We want to burn for you. We want to burn with passion for you. We want a fire that will never go out. You know, the Bible says there's supposed to be an altar. And the fire on the altar never goes out in Leviticus. Did you know your heart is an altar? You got to stoke that fire. What if it's growing cold? What if it's going dull? May I make a suggestion? Get next to the fiery burning one. Jesus Christ, who's on fire, right? Get next to him. And then Joshua began to sing, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. We want more, we want more, we want more. Now turn your Bibles to Song of Solomon, chapter five, verse two. When Jay got up and prayed this passage, it just really was amazing. So, the bridegroom, the, the, the lover, it stirred up something in the beloved, but she's, she's in her bed. She's, she's gone to bed. She's, and so it says this, Song of Solomon 5.2, I slept, but my heart was awake. Isn't that an interesting phrase? I slept, but my heart was awake. God can speak to you in the night season. God can give you impartation and things. I just uh, went off on a, a retreat, a sabbatical vacation, and, and the Lord surprised me with recalibration. That's actually the word that I wrote down. He did four things in my life, but one of them that he did was in two successive nights, he gave me a dream each night recalibrating something in my heart. And so, you know, I went with this expectation that God was going to open his word to me and was going to show me some things and give me some insight and revelation. And the Lord's using dreams to bypass my normal stuff and to speak to me and to, and to recalibrate me. I was so grateful. So she says, I was asleep, but my heart was awake. Listen, my lover is knocking. My lover is calling, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my faultless one. And so the Lord knows how to wake us up. The Lord knows how to get our attention. And she's going, I'm already in bed. I'm already asleep. I don't want. But then 
she eventually kind of sort of gets up, but the, the beloved, the, the lover is gone. I'll tell you what, the Lord's knocking on some of our hearts today, and, and he's wooing us, he's winning us, he's calling us. Let's, let's be quick to respond. Let's get stirred up. Let's, even if you wake up and you can't remember what the dream was about or what he was saying, say, Lord, thank you for meeting me in the night. Or, Lord, I don't know what this holy desire thing is. Pastor Jeff says it's, it's similar to holy hunger, and he just told us to say more, more, more. So, Lord, I pray for more, more, more. So we were praying for the bride tonight, Jay prayed. I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved, beloved is knocking, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. We pray tonight for those across this nation whose hearts have grown cold, distant, and dead. We pray for believers tonight in all the areas that they're sleeping, that they would hear his voice and have their hearts set on fire by the actions and by the voice of their bridegroom king. We pray for those weak, tired, sleepy believers. Oh, Lord, awaken them. Breathe your fire into them. And then the chorus, awaken us. Wake up every sleeper. Awaken us to your love, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We prophesy you will love the Lord your God. I pray that God will wake us up in every area of our lives where we're asleep today in Jesus' name. So the prayer meeting went on for a lot longer, and it's in my notes, so you're going to have to catch the notes. There's a movement going on in Houston, Texas. It actually started the first week in January, and there's a group called the Greater Houston Prayer Council, and the Greater Houston Prayer Council is trying to stir up and coordinate and connect perpetual prayer throughout the city. We want Houston, Greater Houston to be a place of perpetual prayer where prayer does not go out on the altar. And it's not going to be gathering everybody in one place, but there's things that are going on. We're trying to figure out how do you connect and how do you infuse and how do you fuel and empower what's already going on and help us to be aware of it so that others can join with those expressions of prayer. And they're reading a book from Andrew Murray. I believe he lived about 126 years ago or something like that. And he wrote a book called Waiting on God. And Colin, uh, uh, my friend Colin took that book and his ministry, uh, Igniting Prayer Action. Colin took that book and he, he updated The language is a little bit old for some of us. So he updated it. So reading from Psalm 25, 4 to 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And the devotional, a part of it is this. In our times of prayer, we want to clearly express, number one, our sense of need, and number two, our faith in God's promise to help. We will want to admit our ignorance of God's ways and what they might be, and we want to admit our need for divine light to shine within us. Only then will our way become like the sun, which shines ever brighter and brighter unto the perfect day, Proverbs 4.18. We will want to wait quietly before God in prayer until a deep, restful assurance fills us. As the psalm also says, the humble he teaches his way. Psalm 25.9. Waiting on God. 
Calvary, I hope your prayer times are filled with petition. I hope they're filled with declaration. I hope they're filled with worship. But I also pray, may your prayer times be filled with waiting. Taking the time to be still and quiet. And, and then out of that bubbles up this thing that says, here's my need, Lord. I know I have a need. And I wait on you for the answer. This book, Waiting on God, is taking different scripture passages that God actually says, this is how you wait on me. So this movement has been going on now every morning at 5.55 since the 1st of January. It was just for the Greater Houston Prayer Council and a few people. It leaked out what was happening, and now there are people joining from all over the United States and other nations. And they're having encounters with God, making time to read this devotional and just sit and be still and quiet and wait. So I gave that to you. That's another skill that we want to develop, right? In our busy culture, there's not often that we're still, well, or silent. And so uh, there's another way to fuel your fire. Amen? Calvary, holy desire, holy hunger, whatever you want to call it, we need more. Amen? Let's stand. We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.